Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey and Darren Peter. Folks, welcome to Profiles and Eccentricity. I am John Fahey. I am joined by the very gorgeous Mr. Aaron Pita. Hello, Aaron. Hey, John. It's great to see you again. Folks, we have a uh, especially treaty episode, I would say. It's full of treats. Oh. Yes, it's, a, it's heavy on the treats. Um, and some tricks. Yes. We, uh, we have our first guest ever on the program. Um, uh, we had this interview, and uh, we kind of portioned it out in this episode, so this one's going to be a little bit different. Uh, first, I want to say that this is our first episode with us recording aware that we are on the Unpopular Opinion Network. Yes. And uh, I feel like uh, now is a good time for us to explain uh, why we started doing the podcast and who we are. Aaron and I met through doing stand-up together in Los Angeles, and uh, we started working on uh, sketches, um, the Heath Barcelona stuff, on YouTube, if you guys want to check that out. And I was explaining to Aaron that I had a long-time passion project that I wanted to work on where I would just expound on these weird side characters in, like, history books and stuff like that and just odd people I read about where I was like, how does not everybody know about this insanely bizarre character? And I always wanted to do it, and I was going to do it as a writing project paired with photography. And a friend of mine told me that uh, my speaking was more exciting than my writing. (laughs) And uh, I was telling Aaron about how I was really going home about doing this project, and he and I were already working on so much together. I was, I didn't even think about Aaron as uh, being a co-host until I, I said it to him, and he was like, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, hi, right here. Right. So uh, we started doing this, and so far we've recorded four episodes, and we decided that basically I would have more excitement if I didn't tell Aaron anything. Uh, so Aaron is in the dark whenever I explain these stories to him. Coming up soon, Aaron will be doing his first, where I am in the dark, and he is telling me about a character. But this episode is very special because Aaron and I, well, this started around when we were doing Heath Barcelona stuff, we were talking a lot about porn. And I was talking a lot about old porn, about how old porn is always nice and fun, <laughs> and, like, everybody's having a good time, and, like, you know... It doesn't feel misogynist. It and, wasn't totally exploitative and... and um, well, and, and it was also thought to be, a, like, you know, revolutionary. Yeah. It was underground. It was illegal. Mm-hmm. So it has, like, kind of, like, this, you know, swinger hippie vibe to it and stuff like that. And generally, you know, it was kind of, like, uh, more, uh, like, normal-looking people. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Anyway, so... But I, we would talk about how there were exceptions to this, where there would be suddenly, like, a very dark exploitative bleak ending where like everybody in the in the movie is like in hell right at the end or something right, like that right. they would take risks so i came across this un- unbelievably dark porn <laughs> on the internet that began with a prison break and ended with a suicide and i i was telling aaron this thing is so dark and i went down this rabbit hole i was like i gotta find out who this director is because this guy is making up some really crazy stuff and i came across this documentary on YouTube about the director, Phil Prince. And it is an 18-minute thing on YouTube called The Prince of Porn. Aaron and I became fanboys of it immediately. I could not wait after seeing this documentary to tell Aaron about it. And you responded... I I said, this is... I think a minute and a half in, I said, this is the best documentary I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) 
I can't recommend seeing this thing enough. I've seen it a hundred times. I will see it a hundred more. I recommend it to everybody. So what this documentary is, is basically a small behind-the-scenes look at a very low-budget 40-second street. If you're watching The Deuce on HBO right now, this is a window right into that world. Um, CD kind of bondage and... A little BDSM, yeah, heavy uh, on the punishment, but uh, very, but so low rent that it's comical when you, when yes. you watch when you watch this documentary, you almost think it's a Christopher Guest movie, like this is Spinal Tap or yes, something, but it's much. not. Right, this is real life. Yeah. So uh, the film editor that was working on Phil Prince's movies was a gentleman named Brian O'Hara. He put this documentary together. And uh, I was I was just blown away by how funny it was. And we looked him up on Facebook. We looked, we, yeah, I looked him up, and I was try, I was trying to get his email address, and I was looking up his. Uh, I think I got a premium IMDb membership Pro, because yeah. he continued working primarily in sound, and we he worked on movies like In a World, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, oh my god, this guy's in Los Angeles. Like maybe we could get him on the podcast. So anyway, we tracked him down and uh, <laughs> picked him up from the bus station <laughs> here. And uh, we had an interview with him, and Brian is a character completely unto himself. Yeah, that, as, that, as you'll hear. Yeah, the, the the podcast began. This episode began as really a profile on on Phil Prince, but it, it evolved into something greater. And, yes, and that's why we're so excited to to share this episode with you. Yeah, so Brian in the uh, documentary kind of brings you to the behind the scenes familial aspect of the production company, who were all kind of like interwoven uh, employees, uh, relatives, old people that they did sex shows with when that was like the main thing, kind of before porn runaways. Yeah. So right here, we're going to play you a little bit of a clip how Brian got the footage together to start being able to make this documentary in the first place. And we're going to play that right now. Yeah, the guy who, yeah, after Phil's, maybe like Phil's third film, he picked up a new guy yeah. who, from my understanding, is he was a more documentary film uh, right. cameraman. Yeah. So he, yeah, he would let, he, he could, I even had outtakes where he's grunting, getting up and shit, and he's going <laughs> to come closer to get a close-up of somebody sucking somebody's dick and whatever, you know. <laughs> right. He says, let me get in here. But he wouldn't shut the camera off. Right. Which, fuck. Right, because uh, film cost a lot of dough yeah, in those days, so it was, yeah. like, unheard of. But, I mean, yeah. luckily for you, he did let it run because yeah. you got all this great stuff that you spliced together. Right. And uh, everybody, I mean, uh, the Prince of Porn documentary, it's on, well, how, many, how many views on Vimeo did it get? Over 100,000? Yeah. Oh, yeah. so that's where all the views are. Yes, well, yeah. it was on YouTube, and then they had Brian take it down. Well, they took it down. They took it down. Fascists. Oh. Right, yeah, right. fuck them. But now it's back on YouTube, and it's only up to, like... It's like 1,700 views, and yeah. I thought that was criminal. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, I'm glad to know that it's at 100,000 on Vimeo, because this thing is... Right. It's gold, Brian. Yes. Thank you so much for making it. And it's so, so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. I mean, this is how it starts, just for... Psalm 50. Okay, oh, back. Oh, 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 o
That was great to have because it was two two takes the guy did of his oh, you know yeah. of, of his cum shot. He's he's standing right. there, you know, faking it, right? Right, right. And uh, he's such an awesome actor, right? <laughs> we, in, in the cutting room, we used to call him the goon. We, I don't, I don't. Dave Ruby, that's his porn. Dave Ruby. You and, call him the goon? Yeah. The well, because when you see him, he, <laughs> yeah, he's he, a he looks yeah, like he's a, a sound. Goon. He's a scary looking fucker. He's just scary. But so the documentary uh, opens cold with that, yeah. which yeah. is so great. You really insert yourself so little into the documentary and it's just an 18 minute documentary it's, it's so fucking no funny no pun intended insert <laughs> right but you really only like the only thing you do is have the interviews with the behind the scenes people which does add so much to it because you see basically the production company that's behind this Phil and his crew that are putting these movies out for with the two women in the office yeah right it's such a ragtag crew it's a little family business basically there's what like seven people total including the actors it's like everyone right. does Multiple jobs. It's yes, crazy. yes. So, do you, do you have Honeybee oh, talking oh, about the multiple jobs? I do, I do. Uh, Honeybee yeah. is a behind the scenes person that would uh, do a various work for the producer, director, Phil Prince. As far as the films go, I work as an assistant director, uh, production manager, art designer, set designer, and I fill in for makeup when he gets sick and gets on the, you know, rag and doesn't come in one day. <laughs> <laughs> Honeybee, and she died like two years later of an overdose. I oh, Jesus! Yeah. Oh, yeah, you guys are all broken up. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we come to love her. Now oh, we look- yeah. I mean, yeah. she looks like Barb from Stranger Things. And- she does. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. This woman Honey. died. Well, see those two when you talk about this because it might be confusing. I mean, the interview happened in Phil's office. Yes. He he he, he used to have an, he had an office in the New Bryant Theater. Right. Which was on Forty Second Street. And I interviewed him. This would have been 1983 or four. So yeah, he so he had an office yeah. above the New Bryant Theater on between I think it was Seventh and Broadway and Sixth, Seventh and whatever the fuck. Yeah. And you know he, he managed he started he managed porn theaters. There was five of them in the Avon chain. Yeah. And then the money guy Murray, this guy, you know, they had leases on the theaters or whatever the fuck. And Melissa Honeybee was his daughter. Which I didn't even know at the time. Right. I didn't find out it was his daughter. And he was bankrolling the whole thing, Murray. Murray supposedly and his mother in, in Florida. I don't know. That's what the <laughs> fuck I heard. But Murray was an older guy. He, yeah. he, he looked like an undertaker, this guy. He was this <laughs> tall, gray-haired guy. And he never said a fucking word. He, I see him in the office. Because I used to get paid cash every week. I think, yeah. I think I started out at 200 bucks a week. I mean, I was a kid, you know. And I would go... Um, and a friend, you know, who, 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 who cut a film for Phil, he left and he, you know, he, he recommended me. You know, Phil didn't know who the fuck he, I'd never had an editing job yeah. even, you know. Yeah. But he said, oh, Bruce says you're okay. And he put me in a goddamn cutting room. I mean, I would cut over in the film center building on Ninth Avenue. And every week he'd pay me cash out of the fucking uh, box office. You know, nobody kept records. Of right. They're not paying the IRS or, right. you know, or whatever. You know. Right. And you, but, it was your opinion. So I would go to the office and meet these people. That's how I got to see those people. Yeah. And so the old battle axe who, with the gray hair and everything. This is Stella, Stella the older woman uh, in the documentary. Uh, oh, right, right. She was right. like would manage the office and all that shit. And she used to be, there was actually a picture of her from the, like the 60s or the 50s. With like stars covering her titties, yeah. she used to be like a burlesque uh, yeah. type, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Melissa would help her, but then she'd be on set. I mean, I never was on set, but whatever. Right. They just she would help Phil run the productions, and then you know the actors were the actors. They'd come, but he he had he had these two guys in particular. These two. Biker. Well, one was a biker, and one would look like low-level mafioso. These two fucking guys, and I met them. They were 
Oh boy! But they were his talent scouts or whatever. The f- oh. And they get they, so the chicks that really can't talk at all and they're that you know half retarded. Although I know we're not supposed right. to say retarded anymore. Oh, so no, they're half it's, it's, they're half mentally slow. Oh, uh, we're talking about this. They right used here. to the bite. Oh. Come on! Oh, the blonde cock yeah. treatment. One more time. You feed her the line. Let me feed the line. Yeah. You look at me. You look. You keep looking this way, baby. That's right. That's good. Bibi, give this gentleman the carte blanche treatment. Oh, the carte blanche treatment? Anything for you, sweetheart. They must have so much coke in their mouth. <laughs> well, no, there was a couple. The ones that were really couldn't speak, and you could tell, you know, had been kicked by in the head by a mule. When they, were <laughs> right. they came from Maine. The biker guy would pick them up, and like the, you know, like the, you know, like well, they would have a, ta- a hand scrawl tattoo on their ass, like the name John, like John owned her. So don't ask me. I don't fucking. Know. <laughs> right. And they, so but from Maine for real? Yeah, that was that's what I heard. That was wow. the whole thing. I and then they would mix those in with New York people, like you know, like assholes like John Ron Jeremy. Sure. Right? Well, you also had like uh, like I mean Sharon Mitchell was in some of these movies. Uh, right. So like kind of big name porn stars of the day. Right. Uh, Annie Sprinkle. Okay, I just wanted to pause there. I wanted to set the stage as far as what we're doing here uh, with Brian talking about his whole setup setting up this documentary and uh, dealing with everything, but I wanted to get into here. A lot of this stuff played in the following clip is about Phil Prince, the director, who was making these extremely dark porno movies, and as Aaron was to find out during the interview, had quite a troubled criminal past and future. From which when, I guessed which <laughs> after watching the documentary for the first time. Yeah, Aaron said, <laughs> this guy killed somebody, right? So we talk about here uh, how Brian's short documentary was bought by a very famous filmmaker and how th- that kind of played out. The um, the future of, of Phil, uh, his criminal past before Brian worked with him on all these bigger porn movies for Phil and his criminal past uh, after Brian worked with him. And dealing with Ron Jeremy, me and Aaron really kind of fanboy out on the <laughs> documentary really hard here. Uh, and we talk about Phil's mysterious whereabouts to this day. Mm-hmm. And we get really into how bizarre the perversions and the fetishes that Phil was writing into these porno movies. So this is uh, this is just kind of a, a, a longer clip uh Revel in uh, the Prince of Porn, everybody. And uh, explicit content warning. Yeah, heads up. Uh, there's <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy shit being talked about. If you're if you're if you're a little squeamish, I'm sorry, but it it's very it's very 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 funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. Enjoy. And hearing Brian talk about it is so great. So here we get into the real meat of Phil Prince and uh, Brian O'Hara's relationship with him and his documentary, The Prince of Porn. Phil was hilarious. He was, he was, yeah, he was a, I mean, I never met anybody like that. I, I never even, you know, and back then you got to remember, the only way you got to see porn, uh, you know, some magazines and you you wouldn't go to the theaters like I never did, you know. Right, I'd never seen porn. And video had just started or whatever the fuck, but I'd hardly even seen porn. And then once I got this job, I'd never met a character like this before and, uh, you know, yeah, it was, it was it was you know pretty funny and everything. You know, yeah. and Phil was a happy go. You know, he was a real fast talker and everything. And he was uh, he was uh, he was doing uppers all the fucking time. Oh, it's right. It's so yeah. evident he in this pop- video. Yeah, he was popping He's sweaty. Pills, yeah. But here's what's so funny is when you interview Phil and he's, he's talking down. about the stars, yeah. he's talking shit about them doing drugs. Oh, sure. Yeah. Most of them use drugs. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, most of them party. They have no morality. They yeah. with each other. Sleep with anything. Fuck a dog. Fuck a no. He's talking shit about his own cast. Still in the background. No, no. She doesn't want. After he says they have no morality, they'd fuck fuck a a dog. dog. And she goes, no. And she pops open a beer. She's cracking a beer. No. She doesn't want any of that. But uh, so you told me that before you interviewed Phil, he got like some bad phone call, and he was in a bad mood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the interview didn't go well at all, and it went real quick and everything. And and I shouldn't have been the one interviewing him because I knew him and shit. And, right. And, and the job at this point had ended, and uh, I, I wasn't cutting for it. They weren't shooting anything, and I wanted to capture the, you know, because I knew, yeah. I knew, I didn't know what I'd ever do with, but I knew this is just this too is fucking a scene. crazy. Yeah, it's and, a scene. And I'd saved these outtakes over. You know, I'd worked for him for about a year. Yeah. And I'd saved those choice outtakes, and I said, shit, I, I got to do, got to preserve this somehow. It's, right. You know, so it gets to the Smithsonian someday. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. Yeah. And, uh, if I have any, well, they got the what's his. Dick, oh, okay. Uh, okay. So but, uh, do, I mean, I haven't. I, the, the, uh, we don't have to bring that now. No, no, we can say it. The, the, this documentary that Brian O'Hara put together is the negative is owned by who, Brian? Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, wow. the director Winding. of Drive Holy and Valhalla, shit. Neon um, Demon, Neon Demon, and even the uh, don't say Neon. My favorite is uh, the, uh, the Drive. Uh, the, no, no, shit. I, it's the one in uh, Bangkok. I can't remember the name anymore. Uh, Only God forgives. Oh I, yeah, I love yeah, it. oh yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. And He's, the uh, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. And he got but in touch Refn. with you, Nicholas Winding Refn. Got in touch yeah. with you. Yeah. Well, this was like shit. At this point, it's like three years ago. He, yeah, he called me up from Copenhagen because. But we had a. He he knows a guy I that Jimmy McDonough. I think I told you, but who used to distributor. No, Jimmy McDonough used to work with that guy. Um, with the Sleazoid Express, the guy. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, Bill Landis. Landis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but Jimmy has, um, uh, through Ref and through Ref, and, and Jimmy's a writer, you know, writes yeah. nonfiction books. And they have uh, a relationship, you know, they're not fags or anything. I'm not saying that. <laughs> oh, I'm not supposed to say fags. <laughs> so, I mean, homosexuals. <laughs> I said that because I didn't. <laughs> My diagnosis, sir, is you're a fucking faggot. There you go. <laughs> No, that's that Phil. Phil. That's, that's Phil. Phil made me say that. That's, that's Phil in Dr. Bizarro. Yeah. The trailer. Dr. Bizarro. That's me, Nary. Only the most depraved individuals sought his help. That's you? Only the most depraved individuals. <laughs> no shit. So was, sure, nobody, they weren't out of paper. Did you, did you, can you play the full clip of what he says? About my diagnosis? Did you have the whole oh, clip? Because uh, okay. it, it is bizarre. Like, here's part of the thing that's so interesting about the documentary is that Phil is acting like it's just a business and he's not a pervert at all. Mm. But then he's writing this completely insane shit. I mean, he's writing pretty far out there stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he's acting like, oh, I don't care. I got kids. And like, you know what I mean? So that's one of the things I like about the doc. And, and he was a sex performer himself. Right. Which I didn't even know when I knew him. I found out later when he did Phil his- used to be a live sex performer. With in, his wife. In, yeah. uh, oh. in uh, Times Square, right? That was sure, where yeah. it was all going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, I think, is that where he first got the title, The Prince of Porn? Shit, I don't know. Supposedly, because see, the way I found out about this, he did an interview, and that's why I interviewed him, because he did this interview for this magazine called Porn Stars Magazine. That's what it was called. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some rag they put out then, and, and he, so, and I read about his background, you know, he talked yeah. about all that shit, and I didn't even know it that day. He said, fuck, Phil used to do sex fun fucking stuff. He was a sex performer and all this shit. Right. And his first wife 
got got killed, got her got her throat slit, and oh. he was a big. He was a suspect. He was a major suspect. Because it was a, that was a story I remember reading about <laughs> in the Post. Yeah, this so is where Aaron the, doesn't know this. Yeah, so this is where the format of the show kind of comes in. Is that I'm in the dark about a lot of this stuff right. on purpose. Yes. And when I first saw this documentary, I told John, I'm like. This guy killed somebody. <laughs> well, nobody says he killed anybody. You know, he was a suspect. I don't think he did. Well, I, I wouldn't have any idea. They shouldn't say that. Well, I mean, it's also like, I mean, at that time, I mean, New York was just so fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. You could get rid of somebody and, you know. I mean, Brian, you, you were saying you got robbed all the time. Well, not all the time, but... I mean, I mean, you know, New York is like back then. Yeah, it was much. It was a dangerous place mm-hmm. as compared to what it is now. Yeah, right. But especially that part of town. Sure. I mean, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't hang out on Forty Second Street at night back then. Yeah. I'd walk from the cutting room to to get paid in the daytime. Yeah. Forty yeah. Second Street in the daytime wasn't a problem. You'd see shit on Forty Second sure, sure, Street. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And and there were little sections that was like. They had this section by a subway stop, I remember, on 8th and 42nd. They called it the Chicken Hawks, where you'd see these uh, young boys, uh, you know, who were looking for an old guy. You know, they'd suck their dicks and everything. Right. For like 20 bucks, whatever it right, was. Right, right. They had a section of that, and you had the Port Authority across the Right. And the Port Authority used to be a fucking shithole, man. Right. And that is, you know. Yeah. I mean, Bill, Bill Landis that did the Sleazoid Express, which was kind of documenting, like, the 42nd Street scene, mm-hmm. yeah. he was saying part of... Like the craziness of going to not even just a porn movie. If you're going to like a horror movie, like an exploitation movie, if you're going to see a black exploitation movie, it was just like you go to the theater and you'd be like, "Am I going to get robbed? Am I going to get stabbed? Is people are turning tricks in the theater?" It was well, it, I mean, there was some theaters like see, I used to go in those theaters uh, to see the, the double and triple bills of the horror films. Yeah, shit. like you'd see uh, Mondo Connie and crazy sure. shit like that. Yeah, and 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 all these horror movies and stuff and. Uh, and you know, I, I I wouldn't go at night, but I would go in the day. Yeah, and I I I wouldn't want to use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, but there but there were other theaters that were worse. I mean, those were the theaters right on Forty Second Street. There was like five of them, intermingled with a few porn houses. Right. But they were you know they were double and triple bills of a of a horror and exploitation would films. They were you, would fun. you mind retelling the story to Aaron that you told me about not wanting to use the bathroom in that one place you worked? Oh geez, yeah, that well, that was, but that was later. That was that was later after 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 the thing with Phil ended because they weren't shooting anymore. Uh, then I got I got the call up like from the minor leagues to the major leagues. Mm. I started work for Anibo Productions, who were you know they were shooting at thirty five. Phil was shooting at sixteen and all, all right. that shit. And they would make these um you know they weren't doing these B and D crazy bondage of discipline shit. You know mm. they were doing you know these uh, fluffier, right, right. more erotic, more mainstream, yeah. porn, less horrific you... nightmare scenarios. Yeah, right. Right. And they and they you know a bigger, much bigger budget and all that kind of stuff. And uh, but so I I caught a couple for him guy Jimmy was his name. I guess he didn't shouldn't even choose his real name. He don't want you know these people don't want their real names told ever. But um and so he he moved this whole operation. He he made some deal with some. You know, one of the mob guys or whatever the fuck, and they, because that's who used to own the the Pussycat Theater was this huge theater on uh, like 46 and Broadway. It was 47 the Broadway over there, and it had. Um, if you looked up on the internet, you see it had this beautiful, beautiful marquee of it, the Pussycat. It was all in neon, uh, not light bulbs and stuff. Yeah. Huge, and it was a big, huge theater. Probably it would seat probably 1,500 people or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, and. Uh, but so now, you know, this is like 84, 
And porn is starting because videotape is coming in and shit and everything. So things are, you know, getting, uh, the theaters are starting to be closed down. You know, the things are going down for them and everything. And so Jimmy took the lease on the theater, uh, moved us out of where he had us on 36th Street or whatever. You know, we had regular editing rooms and a regular build, office building, whatever the fuck. And he's cutting expenses and he, he puts the steam back, you know, the editing machines, the film editing machines uh, in the basement of the fucking pussycat, you know. And it was four guys at that point cutting. I mean, it was like a, it was like a fucking uh, Hollywood Operation, yeah. yeah. And so and he, when he tells us he's doing this and everything, I say, oh, fuck that. Forget, forget you. I'm not cutting for you. That's it. I'm done. You know, blah, blah, you know I ain't going in the fuck. I ain't going in the goddamn pussycat theater. And I was like, yes, that's what I say. So six weeks later, I'm in the fucking pussycat. <laughs> <laughs> I got no job, you know. So you'd go. And it was like, you know, when you got to go take a piss, you're in the basement, right? You know, and it's a real, you know, it's this fucking storage basement and stuff. And so, okay, so they got a regular men's room, right, that the people in the theater fucking use. And you go in there and it's like huge. It's like, uh, it's like that bathroom in The Shining or whatever. It's a big-ass <laughs> fucking bathroom. And it feels like that, you know? Yeah. And there's glory holes in the, <laughs> in the dividers and shit in there. And, I, you know, I mean, I, I went in there a couple times, you know, and you'd see a guy hanging out. I said, fuck, I'm not, I'm not using it. I'm not, uh, you know. <laughs> guy well, hanging well, out. Well, yeah, they're always, you know, I mean, that's what they do. Right, you know right. what I mean? You know, a guy sees a porno movie, you know, and he's got a heart on his pants and he can go, you know. <laughs> they go to the bathroom. You know, yeah. yeah. That's where, you know, an individual who I'm assuming might be of the gay persuasion, Maybe. let's say. You but know, you don't want to use the know. bathroom anymore. No. So I say, uh, so I, the projectionist up top, I say, fuck, I'm going to use his bathroom, right? And Jimmy's office was up there and everything. So, and, you know, projectionist man back then, they were like a weird lot. They were, you know, they were in this protected union and they were all these weird, like, uh, you know, mole people, alcoholics <laughs> and shit. I mean, they'd hang out in the projection. They just all were fucking weird, man. I don't know what it was. Right. And, but this guy was like some fucking little bull of a of a hungarian with this crazy hair like sam kinnison or something yeah, right? yeah. And, but he was hungarian you know right and so i you know and so you'd have i'd have to pass him to go in to use the bathroom in the projection booth and he'd just look at me and grunt like you know this was his space you know and i'd act like you know fuck yeah i don't give a fuck and i just would <laughs> you know not pay attention to him but one day i'm in there and i grabbed the knob and like fuck the knob comes off of my hand like what a joke you know and the knobs in my hand i can't get out so I start banging on his door, you know, and he's over at the projector, obviously, and he's got to come over. And so he opens the door and he looks at me. He's got like this rage in his eyes, these yeah. red fucking eyes, like, uh, and I look at him, I hand him the door, and I say, <laughs> you know, I give him the door now, and I say, here's your fucking door now. Don't, don't look at me like that. And so I, st I, st I think I said, oh, I don't know, I was a brash ass fucking dipshit kid. I think I said, yeah, fuck you and fuck your doorknob or something. <laughs> I mean, so, and then I start to walk out and suddenly I realize I turn and look and he's coming at, like the guy was just going to rip me apart and he could have, he was a fucking bull and he's coming at, I run as fast as I can and there's this cage, you know, that's to get in, there's this metal cage. I swing that fucking thing shut and it's just like in a movie, bang, he's pressed up against his face, hits it and everything oh and he's, <laughs> doing a Hungarian, whatever they do. 
and he's yelling, and then Jimmy, the guy who runs the whole operation, the producer, money man, and he comes out of his office, he's going, hey, what the fuck, you got people in the theater, what are you doing? Like, and then it was like, oh, man, and Jimmy's pissed at me, and I'm right. like, you know, and then I, I don't know, I got to start pissing the cup in the basement, I mean, you know. So there, so I, and this is, uh, this is uh, one of my favorite things about Brian editing is, uh, the movie, the movie I saw that got me interested in Philip Prince, the story of Prunella. There's a scene uh, we don't have the clip of, unfortunately, but it's uh, Ron Jeremy is, is rushing to save his fiance from getting attacked by these maniacs that escaped from prison, and he's talking to his partner as they drive. So the camera is following Ron on one side, talking to his partner, and then the partner and the dialogue back and forth, and in between. Brian spliced in all of these fart noises. Oh, yeah. So you, so you did listen. To yes. It. Oh, yes, okay. yes. Yeah. There's a few of those little uh, <laughs> jokes, those edited jokes, uh, in it. Like I think in this in the movie, there's there's another example of it right here when the the criminals break in. They break into the party. Oh god. Hey, shut up, bitch! Take off your clothes. We're gonna have a fucking party. Fuck you. Shut up, bitch. Take off your fucking clothes. We're going to have a party. Fuck you. I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I'm they married. They proceeds to rip open her blouse. Right. right. Brutal scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, the great thing about that scene, this is like one of like one of the things about Phil's productions. It's, it's, they call it a, just like it's a wedding shower. And, mm. and, yeah. And there's just a big tarp that's spray painted with black spray paint. Congratulations. Well, come on, for them, that was big no, budget. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they flaunt in the documentary how low budget it is. Right. You have the it's all real. We don't fake anything. We go for special effects and that costs money. We're on a low budget. Oh. Yeah. He says they have uh, three electricians. We, we have, have one. one or all that stuff. It's great. I mean, so one of the other things I love so much is in the documentary, you have these things where you perfectly contradict what Phil is saying while he's all bummed out getting interviewed because of the whatever bad news you get on the phone call. But then, like, whatever, like when he says the thing about there's no romance in porn. <laughs> right, right. Play right. that? Yeah, I've got that. There's no romance in sex. That's stupid. No romance in sex. Not six films. It's no romance at all. It's business. I want to tell you she'd come every night. You do? For the rest of my Thank life. It's perfect. That's George Payne and Annie Sprinkle. Neil before me. Oh, yeah, honey. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great because it just contradicts what he says right after he said it. Yeah. The whole thing is edited so well. It's 18 yeah. minutes. Yeah. It's so fucking it's funny. It's a video essay. It follows that like five the thesis, like my point, and then here's the here's the <laughs> proof of the point. And then the next thesis, and then like here's more proof. It's it's exquisitely structured. Yeah. It's, I recommend everybody watch it. It's so, so funny. The, the, the Prince of Porn, it's so, so funny. It's 18 minutes. It's on the internet. It's so fucking funny. Rarity, Is it what? funny? Oh. It's, it's, fucking, it's so you fucking funny. It feels funny. Yeah, yeah the, com- the comedic timing is, it, you, you, you definitely knocked it out of the park. <laughs> do we want to do, I mean, so part of the thing, too, is that showing, uh, like, I mean, Bill, or Phil seems kind of like, uh, I would say, curmudgeon Throughout yeah. throughout the documentary, he's a little bit annoyed. There's there is one scene where you put it where you show him laughing, and then it's like, all right, well, this guy's not a total hard ass, so which is good, you know what I mean? But um, there's some stuff where he's losing it because he's directing people and they they can't follow through on right. whatever he wants. 
And uh, do you want to play my favorite one of, of Phil freaking out yeah, on set? Yeah, definitely. This is where I completely lost it. My sinners, they will be here. Hang up the fucking phone! <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just screaming. It's so... And, you know, he's just so... You know, it makes sense now that obviously he's on all these uppers, right? Because right. he's just like, he can't wait to get the interview over. He's pissed that he's explained. He has to justify everything that he's doing the whole time. Like, oh, what do you think about exploiting these people, right? Right. The girls are coming to us for the jobs. But how are we demeaning or exploiting them? They want to be exploited. So in fact, Annie Sprinkles begged to be in my movies just so I could exploit them. I did. <laughs> <laughs> she begged me to. Be, yeah, Phil was kind of defensive in the whole interview, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah was, well, I mean, well, as you said, would he have like he had like a bad talk with Murray or something? Yeah, yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. Stella like ratted him out. She she said, you know, like Murray called up and she said, and she, you know, and she, I could even hear her saying, "Oh, Murray, Phil's here getting interviewed by Brian." You know. Oh, like, God. So you know, they get, so yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The women are demeaned or exploited. Yeah. No, they come to me for the jobs. <laughs> so funny, and there's just so many like funny moments that you just splice in there of them all being, you know, horrible actors and actresses and. Uh, <laughs> And fuck ups. Mm. Mm. Come stick that big piece of me in a minute. And Ron is just such uh, a professional throughout the whole thing. Like you just <laughs> you just hear stuff like this. Okay, still wrong, I'll give you the cum shot. Move you like this way a little more. And does it bend over me real quick? That's it. Camera still see me? Okay. <laughs> He's talking about giving some girl a cum shot, and then he's, he's he's got the he's positioning her body over him, maintaining a hard on, and then he goes, "Camera still see me?" <laughs> he's yeah. Just an utter utter professional. I got another one of him. You gotta come up when I come up, honey. You said to wait till you unbutton your shirt. That's your line. Wait for your line. See, when I come up, it's okay. <laughs> Somebody get her a script. Oh, yeah, that's a, oh, yeah. What do you say? Somebody get her a yeah. script. She couldn't remember. <laughs> she, can't get, get no, she has to get her a line. So someone please get that a script. <laughs> but that poor chick, she couldn't even remember her name. <laughs> I mean, she was just. Cut. Hey, Barbara, this is great fun. Great fun. Okay. Action. <sighs> hey, Barbara, this is great fun. I think we ought to do it again next week. <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> sure that's a great thing too is that everybody sounds super New York in all of these movies yeah those yeah most of those girls were but a couple of the main girls a couple of the girls harvested from Maine yeah harvested yeah. <laughs> oh. oh shit mom dad let's do it. <laughs> this is the thing too. Is that, I mean, Phil is writing. I mean, b wild stuff. Yeah, I don't have the clip of it, but he, in the, in the documentary, he explains like, ah, no, I'm not into this shit. I just I see the magazines that people are buying, and then I I write a couple of shit about it, and I make a movie out of it. Yeah, and that's great too because then when he says that, you splice it with a scene of, of one of the one of the scenes that he's in. Where he's like, ah, I put two dicks in her mouth. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, you mean yeah. this one right here, <laughs> guys? <laughs> She's ready. <laughs> Just stick your cock in her mouth. <laughs> Both of them. I want to see two cocks in her mouth. <laughs> 
Oh, you now it, you understand why I think this guy definitely ha- killed somebody. Oh, I can't remember. I remember all this shit, but in that scene, they actually then they fucked that girl with a banana. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, I swear to God. It was just... <laughs> they peel it and it breaks and everything. <laughs> well, no, but the great thing is, before, before you show that, it's Phil going, no, nah, I've got kids. I'm not mm. into this shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's acting like he's so above it all. And then there's a clip of him in his own porno. It's, right. Right. And, I mean, that scene... In Dr. Bizarro, where he's the doctor. It's so crazy because it's like, he's the mind, and he's saying, my diagnosis is, is you're a faggot, <laughs> but one day you'll come out of that closet and be a full woman. Yes, so, yes. Some something like where you're just shit. like, where you're like, yeah. this guy is on one. And yeah. a lot of it, a lot of his movies were like S&M based, right? Yeah, well, was, I think they all were. Oh, yeah, like... Uh, the Taming the, of Rebecca ta- is the most famous right, with Phil, Sharon Mitchell. Phil Prince's. Uh, and then there is um, this one right here. I'm taking you back, back in time, before you were born, when you were an actual Marquise. Matter of fact, you were that Marquise de Sade. What? <laughs> I am the Marquise de Sade. But I want pain. <laughs> Don't hurt me. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. 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 <laughs> George Payne, and his most demanding role, is the notorious Marquise de Sade. They say Marquise three times. Yeah, 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 it's so great. So great. Like, I mean, and George, George was a, he was a constant, right? George Payne. And there's a great, I mean, uh. The super cut. There's a great montage of every time somebody yells cut. George Payne pulling back from whoever he's having sex with and throwing his hands up in the air like he's, he's like, been caught. Yeah. He's been caught doing something. <laughs> he looks so coked out yeah. and totally insane. Mm. I mean, uh, are you going to play something? Oh, I guess I am. Let's set it up. Can you get an angle over here? Give me an angle. Give me a better angle. Get that ladder up there. Keep your heart on. <laughs> I'm talking to George Payne. Keep your heart on. And this is before, don't forget, this is before the days of Viagra. So yeah. these guys ha- actually had to keep a heart. That, and that asshole, Jeremy, always had a fucking heart on. <laughs> I'll never understand. I mean, the guy, he must be, he must have been walking around 24 7 with a heart on. There was no time the guy wasn't hard. Well, that's I so, swear to Christ. What's so great? And again, in the documentary, you got Phil saying that Ron Jeremy's always ready to go. Always, <laughs> always, always. Come on her mole. Always ready to go. Come on her mole. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, George, I need a cum shot. Uh, can you handle it? All right, cut. And we all wait. Till George jacks himself off. Get ready, get ready, get ready. All right, roll it. <laughs> <laughs> so he talks about how, how ready for porn Ron Jeremy is, and then he kind of lets you know that George is not as good yeah. <laughs> in the clip. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. it's great. Um, so I want to, I just, I want to get real quick here, too. I mean, so after this, he does. I mean, uh, the movies. When? What movie did you stop working on? The last movies he did. Uh, I don't. The the, the was it Prunella? Two, no, no, that was Prunella. Then it was Neil before me and uh, Neil before me. Uh, Neil before me is the Marquis de Sade. Right, the Marquise de Sade. Yeah. But uh, you know, oh yeah, I guess Prunella was the last like what they would call features. Then he right. then he did these two like featurettes or whatever the fuck with that girl is in the strippers are interviewed or whatever. Right. Now. And then okay, so then that ended. And then uh oh and then that uh but then a while later I thought yeah he did this gay porn. Right. Jesus Christ. 
And then after that, then I guess I interviewed him after that or whatever. Right. So you want to, and you want to know what I'm. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say after, so how long after that did he get into his other criminal trouble? Well, you say other criminal. Well, I guess porn was illegal. Well, no, no. Sure. I would say well, the first time he was interviewed by the law was about his wife's oh, demise. That his he was throat was, was slit, was, uh, which may or may not have been him. No, well, well, he was a suspect. I don't think he was involved. I don't think he was ever. Well, I don't know. I mean, I all I know about that. I mean, I never asked him about it. Yeah. I mean, I read it actually. In that, and he had three in the, kids with in this that woman. interview. I, I guess yeah, three. I don't know if it's all with her or whatever. Because he had a new wife when I knew him. I never met his wife either way. Right. But uh, I mean, they were they were a tag team partner. I guess they were married. You know, tag team. And sex they did team. they did the sex and shows. She, yeah, yeah, and I think she got killed in a hotel room. And right. of course, the cops are going to say you're because you're doing your scuzz bag. Right. And all yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I I doubt he had anything to do with that. But after okay, so after then then he did well. So yeah, so then after maybe like a year after. The gay I, movie, I, yeah, I, I, and and he was then out of out of work, from what I understand, like because the, the theater business was the whole AIDS thing, and you know, the theaters were getting closed. Sure, once and then the live VHS sex show, is taken away. Video came in. But once the live sex shows were, because then the city could ban them because of the AIDS thing, mm-hmm. and that was the money maker, you know, what I right? Mean? The live sex show, there was five live sex shows a day, and That's they, so crazy. They would just, yeah, they would just they would run the movies, and then you know whenever the live sex at eleven o'clock, boom, they stop the movie wherever it was playing, yeah, and then they the love theme would come out and right. like a 20 minute thing or whatever yeah, fuck, yeah. it's so, pure profit um, yeah there's no overhead right well. well there's some overhead and there's definitely head but <laughs> so but so Phil then I mean and it was in the goddamn New York Post I remember the article he he in this insane thing I don't you know supposedly he was you know and, and really heavily into doing a lot of coke from what I understand right but him and this guy uh, who was his buddy or whatever the fuck um yeah, they, they for some crazy reason the, they they rip off a Hagen Dazs ice cream store. I think it was down in the village, what? which is like, what do you? What kind of money are you gonna get? <laughs> I know what money Hagen are you gonna Dazs get robbing an ice cream yeah, store? Yeah, I don't know how. And they just must have been just drugged out Coke of their to minds. The gills, dude. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but and he shot he shot the guy behind the counter. Like and supposedly it was I don't know who knows shot him in the stomach or something. But I but the I guy mean, the guy I died. Mean, no, no, the guy didn't die. He didn't die. No, no. Oh, I, I thought, mean, otherwise I thought he, he went to jail for away. murder. No, no, r- robbery and attempted murder, I guess. Jesus. But so he was, yeah. Pumped and it so up then, with some cookie dough. <laughs> and then, but and I, you know, that's all I. Knew. I told you I tried to with a friend. We were going to go get in do, touch with him to do a videotape interview. I said, shit, we should really do like a longer interview with Phil and everything in prison. Yeah. So is and he I, in prison now? No, no, no. no. Oh. But back then, I got his prison number and shit and everything and and it wasn't so easy because the internet didn't exist even back then right? right yeah and um but i sent him a letter and he never replied but then later i remember looking up the information everything about on the internet because you could look up a prisoner's number and everything and he i think he, he i think he only did like six years or something like that yeah but so phil prince uh the prince of porn the prince of porn goes from a live sex act performer to becoming a, 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 a producer, a, a producer, of, of, star and star, of, of, of pretty, Director, of pretty big, yeah. pretty big. I mean, they got big stars in them. Porn yeah, movies of the day, Jeremy, Candy Sprinkles, and and Andy, uh, Andy Sprinkles. Andy Sprinkles. Yeah, let's get the name right. <laughs> yeah, yeah come damn. on, come on. I mean, I have some dignity. She's a performance artist now, Annie Sprinkle. Yeah, it's Sharon Mitchell. Yeah. Sharon Mitchell was the big one with Taming Rebecca, of course. Mm-hmm. And then, Bain. so then, I mean, but they, he's doing, he's doing the S and M. So these are all kind of like S and M. 
And then he gets movie. he's a suspect in his wife's murder. Before that though. Oh, before getting He's into- a suspect before that. Okay. When he was a live sex performer. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then he makes his foray into the motion picture industry. Right. right. Well he was a theater manager, you know, and then yes. they, they bumped him up. Murray bumped him up to make the movies. So yeah, they- it seems like that whole scene was like you if you were like in the live sex thing, then you can get into the film thing. It seems like it was all kind of like fluid like, yeah. and like, you know, you could like kind of move. Of fluids. It's like being <laughs> right. a doorman at the comedy store. Like you start there <laughs> right, right, right. and you get fucked enough. And then they finally right, but so then after the thing, whole thing is dying down. Then he's apparently on drugs, and he shoots a guy in an ice cream store and goes to prison. Yeah. So then on the internet, I mean, there was rumors that he was dead, mm-hmm. right. that he got killed after he got out of prison. But apparently, somebody tracked him down and actually like got him on the phone. And I think he like lives upstate. Or something. Wait, they they got Phil Prince on the phone. They got Phil on the phone. My sinners, they will be here. Hey! Okay, so what happened? Well, I mean, that's really all we know is that somebody apparently tracked him down. I mean, like, it's still kind of like a mystery thing. Like, uh, I mean, nobody really knows for sure. You never talked to him since, right? Brian? No, but but the guy who called him, who's, you know, Mr. Porno Research Man. The guy who does Rialto. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of like a, a website. Uh, kind of yeah. like reporting extensively on the classic era of porn. Extensively, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He 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 contacted me like yeah maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, because he's in New York and you know we're here in L.A. now, right? But he told me he and that he said yeah he said you'd want to know it because Phil said he wanted to send his regards and shit and everything. <laughs> oh and my he, god! He got him. He tracked him down and you know talked to him. He said for like an hour. And- Okay, folks, we are back again. I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to kind of round the show out after getting into all that uh, dark and gross stuff by uh, by leaving with some more dark and gross stuff. <laughs> this is uh, one of uh, Brian's anecdotes, which is which is very dark about him uh, giving over the documentary uh, footage to a bereaved family mm-hmm. of somebody that was in his documentary. Um, this is this is Brian talking about handing over some of the documentary footage of Honey Bee, one of the behind-the-scenes workers for Phil Prince. We're going to play this right here. When I, Yeah, she used to hate me. When, when she me. first met you, but then yeah. she was cool to you later. Yeah, right? well, I told you after I gave the, uh, the, the, the outtakes from Honey Bee, because <laughs> once Honey Bee OD'd, then they were all broken up. Stella contacted me and says... You know, that interview, Brian, you know, you took all, you interviewed her so long, there's got to be other footage and everything. Well, first she told me, she said, oh, Melissa's dead. She, uh, I, uh, I said, oh, you know, like, I, you know, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. But no, I, it's not my fucking problem. I, don't, sure. I really don't give a shit. But I can't say that. <laughs> yeah. But, but then okay. she wanted. So she says, oh, if you could just get that, me that film, because her father's never... You know, wants it, and I didn't even fucking know it. Even it wasn't until then I think that I knew that Murray, the money man, was her fucking father. I never even knew that. Right? I, I had no. You know, it's funny. I I see these people. And Murray would never say a fucking word, Mister Underday. I never knew. He, he scared me, that guy. Right. But but so then I said, Jesus Christ! I said, What? You want footage? Are we talking about the porno movies? So the. F- Father, one says, Brian, we have nothing to film. Melissa, you they make them so happy to get what we'll have the memory, you know. Uh, I, I guess they didn't take fucking home movies when she was <laughs> <done. laughs> so, so now it's like this is, uh, you know, you know uh, so for, this, this uh, is, yeah. so I got her the footage. I this is the footage, I made a video. this is the footage that her bereaved family wants 
to get oh, after God. she's deceased. Do you enjoy drinking urine? Yes. I oh, think. that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> Get ready. Uh, there's more. There's there's plenty more. We uh we we have another we have another one of Brian's great anecdotes uh, of which there seemed to be just an endless amount of a particular guy who had a specialty in the porno industry. This is Brian talking about watching this guy, a man he dubbed the asshole specialist. Uh, if you're good at something, go for it. Yeah, this is again not for the squeamish folks, but uh, <laughs> this. This is really Brian at his best storytelling right here. Yeah. Uh, this is Brian O'Hara talking about one of the guys that uh, starred in Phil's, Phil's movies, uh, the man known as the asshole specialist. Oh, God. Oh, you, did, you, did tell me, you told me the story about editing, editing the gay porn and in... Oh, the, you're talking about Black Hawk Bill? The guy, <laughs> the guy who could take anything in his ass. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck, that was so sick, yeah. So, and he's in, he's, so in, uh, he's in Oriental Techniques and Pain and Pleasure. Oh, the classic. But then he was also <laughs> in the gay thing at the end, yeah. Right. But this guy, Black Hawk Bill, yeah. And, I mean, I never met him in person, thank you. Oh, is he the guy that's like strapped up to the cross with like no, clothespins on his? No, dog? that guy we called Spike. His name was Adrian or something. He was he was in it. He would, yeah. But I remember and I remember there was a shot of him when he's getting hit with the riding crop and everything. Yeah, right. The no. girl just because these weren't like trained fucking because sure. you're supposed to have a, a fucking yeah. mistress or whatever. To fuck. Yeah. But one of them smacked him on his dick, and the cameraman zoomed in, and it was a fucking bruise on his oh. it. Oh God! Uh, but this, yeah, that he was just some whacked out kid or whatever. So he, this, this other guy, Bill, he, he gets- Black Hawk Bill. Oh God, this guy, he, because in, in the gay thing, he's I keep on hitting the mic, shit. But he, so he, we called him in the cutting because a friend of mine sometimes would cut off this guy Chester. He sometimes we would cut two at a time when he'd fill that two picture. We did that for a couple months. But um, we call them the asshole specialist, you know, that's because you got to refer to these sure. people somehow, you know, whatever. Right. And uh, he so in this. It, well, OK, so what it's OK. So I'll just tell you quick in a gay thing or whatever, this fucking Johnny Boy Blue thing. And it was supposedly like the story of Nambler, some crazy shit. And I think that <laughs> the guy Bill Landis supposedly wrote the script. For right, that. right. And From Season Express. Yeah. So uh, this guy would bring his little fucking kabuki trapeze Japanese weird thing that he could climb into and get into, like maybe you've seen in these movies, these sex harnesses. I don't know what the fuck. Sure. I had never seen anything like this. But he gets in it and everything, and he splays his asshole out there for the world to see. And then this, uh, the, like the kid in the movie, Johnny Boy or whatever, he's got to uh, fist fuck him. And oh my God, you know, he Chris goes up and he does, but he goes all the way like there's no end. This to guy the elbow. could, yeah, the guy could take anything. And then once he's in, the cameraman zooms in and he ripples his fingers, and you can see on the outside like somewhere like, it is like ab- in his, it is abdomen. abdomen. Like yeah, you alien. can see his fingers, <laughs> and it's like holy shit. And so this guy, but see the thing in Oriental techniques and. Pain and Pleasure. Starring Annie Sprinkle. Yeah, which I think is my personal favorite of the nice. film. Nice. Uh, he, that guy is in that, and he's, he's, he's tried up in the dungeon, and Annie Sprinkle supposedly is, is a sister. That's his brother. So, yeah, she's the sister. Yeah. Right. So, and she's... Uh, so He's the, getting the, tortured. Right. He's, and then, so the evil... Pain, the, pleasure. The evil Fu Manchu Man guy, whatever, tells him, 
you know, and now and you got to, you know, fuck your fist, fuck your brother, whatever the fuck. So it's like, it's just, it's the most hilarious. It's sick, but it's and hilarious. So she's, she's punishing was, him, but regretfully. Oh, well, see, it's like all that shit when it's rape or anything else. Like, it starts out like supposed to be. And then it's like, oh, oh, give it to me, right? Like, suddenly, right, right. I thought you were getting all fucking raped, like- right? Yeah, yeah. So this is an asshole rape with Danny Sprinkles fucking fist up to her elbow and oh no no she doesn't she puts her fist in then she gets this fucking horse dildo that's like the size of a fucking well a horse dildo right. it's, it's, it's just huge so she starts sticking in him and then like I remember the close up was hilarious he's got to look all uh. <laughs> when he's not at all for him it's just a walk in the park <laughs> she's sticking this thing and you can't believe it I mean it's really difficult to but watch she's apologizing and then, right and then she said oh I'm so sorry my brother my brother and then she starts kissing his balls <laughs> it's just like it's it's just—it's got to be seen to be believed. <laughs> we are back. We have one final clip. This is a little—a little extra on uh, Brian's Brian's saga with uh, inserting fart noises into the very dark porno movie. That I mean, this thing is supposed to be so jet black bleak. Yeah. And this guy is slipping in fart noises just because Brian is a character. Yeah. I gotta say, after this, Brian actually has helped Aaron and I were edit yeah. our own sketches for uh, Heath Barcelona again. Mm-hmm. If you want to check it out on YouTube, and he is uh, going to be the—I mean, basically the architect of our Vegas footage. Yeah, yeah. And he really puts uh, all of his editing. He gets talents. it, man. He's just—he's so funny. We really lucked out on meeting meeting Brian O'Hara uh, uh, through this podcast, and and we hope you all please please go watch this. This documentary, but here, but let's lead into the fart saga first. Yeah, this is this is uh, Brian talking about the uh, how how uh, how he had to deal with the outcome of p- putting fart noises <laughs> in a porn movie without telling anybody. Most fun was you, you could just put in all these crazy sound. I used to put in animal sound effects and everything. You, 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 you want to have some fun with it. Sure. And so then, yeah, Prunella, I got really carried away. I put in those, all them fart noises. The guy <laughs> when they're driving, supposedly to rescue the girls. getting Ron Jeremy looks very serious. Up. And it's just uh, ripping fart noises. And then uh, the guy's looking at Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I just said, I got to do it. And... Uh, so, yeah, I remember my friend would come in the cutting room and he said, get the fuck out of here. You can't do that. And then when we took it to Mix, you know, you, you take it to a Mix house, you know. And I remember we used to go to Magno Sound back then. And uh, the mixer says, get the fuck out of here. You can't do it. It's fuck. No, I can, I can do it. It'll be okay. And, and I, I didn't really think about it. I never thought, like, how was I ever going to explain this? But I just did it. And, and so then, okay. So then I guess they were at the lab. He called me up the phone, Phil. And... Uh, you know, he, he said, Brian, we're looking at Prunella, you know, I, and, and then I knew, oh, this is the day of reckoning, you know. <laughs> and I'm just trying to not get, you know, trying to somehow help you get, not, not only once I, I said, like, how, how's it look? How are you happy with filming? Oh, yeah, it's great. It's great. You always do a great job. You always do a great job. But, but what the hell? Murray's here with me, and he's at, what the fuck is going on, Ron? Jer- the guy, Ron Jeremy's farting in the car. And, and, and like, I'm just, I'm just acting like a total dummy, you know, like saying, I'm saying, wait, Phil. Who's farting? What's farting? What? It's in the car, Ron Jeremy. And then I'm just like, fuck. I said, Phil, wait, is it like the car screech the tires? I said, no. And he, he and he's saying Murray's here and he's not happy. And, and, and so 
and I just kept on. I had enough. Say, dumb, and he just, just got tired. And he said, oh, "Okay, listen, I'll talk to you later. Whatever." Fucking, <laughs> and he just okay got away. You know, I mean, what was he gonna do? They were only gonna make one fucking print, anyways. You know, and uh, yeah, but <laughs> Brian, Brian first told me the story. He goes. I don't know what I was thinking. He's like, I knew this day was coming. He's like, I knew I was going to have to own up yeah. for the farts I put in this movie. I but just I had just to like... do it. I don't know. <laughs> I, wouldn't, day, I wouldn't do that any today. One, one day we're all going to have to own up for the farts that we put <laughs> in our own movie. Mm-hmm. I think I think I think we're about cooked. We're uh, we're at an hour. Uh, this uh, this was so so. Fun this was a special for treat for us, Brian. Thank you so much. Yeah, for thank coming. you so we've much. Been, we've been watching sure. this documentary on repeat. I'm so glad to hear that it has the the views it deserves on Vimeo. Right. Because I thought it was a a cruel injustice that it only had like 17 on YouTube. We'll put the links up so everybody can see this. Take 18 minutes. In fact, take 36 and watch it twice. Well, supposedly this fucker Refn is going to put it out again and it'll it'll be like uh, high quality, I guess. Oh, really? Oh, really? Well, I mean, he's got it. He told me he would. Let's get him on the fucking phone. Yeah. 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 Hang up the the phone! (laughs) (laughs) We'll play you out with the way that we opened up the documentary. I'm gonna come. I'm coming. I can't. I can't. I can't too. Jeez, that was awesome. Uh, okay, folks, we are wrapping it up. Um, I just want to say again, uh, thanks so much to Brian O'Hara for being on our, our ridiculous little program. <laughs> he, he, he just, he cracked me up so much. Please, uh, check out Brian's work. Please watch the documentary. Brian is a fantastic sound editor, extremely talented. If you need somebody to edit sound or, or video, he's, uh, he's ready, willing, and able. He's got a great sense of comedic timing what is funny and he's also technically more than proficient absolutely so you can look up brian o'hara on imdb yes facebook etc etc uh or you can reach out to us and we'll we'll be happy to put you in touch with him absolutely and uh we do have to thank as always the rock matt brousseau oh. has been making this podcast sound incredible um and uh bend it over backwards to really help us out uh we love you matt we love you buddy and i have to thank aaron for being uh the best co-host in the world i have to thank <sighs> rick wood for uh making this fantastic oh, yeah. uh theme music i i couldn't love it more i couldn't love uh joe latchett was really the one that pushed me to do this like mm-hmm. i said as a podcast and not as a written project yeah, you uh, suck at writing. Yeah, but... this would be really shitty yeah. uh, if not for Joe. And Joe made beautiful artwork for the podcast. Um, everybody that's listening and commenting and writing reviews, you guys are helping so, so much. Please do that. Please uh, subscribe and review on iTunes. It, re- it helps us with their algorithms and showing it to more people who may be interested in stuff like this. Um, and if you've got suggestions for profiles. Um, of which we have gotten a couple already. Oh, great. Can, keep sending them in. We love that. Yeah. Um, um, this, uh, this, this episode, um, like I said, uh, we are now uh, you know, aware that we are on the Unpopular Opinion Network. We have to th- thank them so much. And uh, all the listeners and Adam and, and Chet and everybody, Jeff May. Um, thank you, Ange. Uh, we, are, uh, we are so happy that we have just instantly a, a, a ton of listeners. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. mind-blowing. We have so much more coming on the way. The next episode that we'll be releasing may be the Ruggiero Diodato episode, mm. which draws on some of the things that tie into this episode with Brian O'Hara. It's more from the horror film world, 
but they do cross over in the same time uh, span and some of the same talent as the porn world of this time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we're going to be talking about some sleazy film, and we're going to be talking about Aaron's first profile, uh, which I'm very, very excited to hear about. And anyway, we got a lot more coming. We're very grateful. I love you. My name is John Fahey. Thank you for listening to Profiles and Eccentricity. I'm Aaron Pita, and I love you more. Thank you. Good night.